0: Hello and welcome to another rousing edition of Trending Topics with BB. I am your humble host, Brooke Brown, hence the BB. Uh, the housekeeping needs to be uh, taken care of first and foremost, uh, which includes, uh, if you're listen- currently listening, you're either logged on to any platform, such as iTunes and Stitcher, where you can leave a favorable rating and comment, uh, or you just Google this podcast at Trending Topics with BB Podcast, which is also the website, Topics with BB podcast.com. Uh You can find this podcast and in any information as well on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, so all of those links are on the website that I just mentioned, which is Topics with BB podcastcom Now, before I get into this special episode, I am... Uh, Releasing, um, what's well, not a special episode, so to speak, but it's a new series that I feel is a, an important topic to talk about. I do want to actually give you a apology. Uh, I was really excited for this episode um, to talk to a friend about said subject that I'm about to announce. And I felt that I was a little overbearing and I talked too much and didn't really let him speak his truth. Um, and it was a good conversation, but, um, I, I personally think that, um, I talked too much, but then again, I also felt that this person had never really been on a podcast before, so they were kind of like, please steer the conversation, um, anyway, uh, so if you're annoyed with my story and or questions, I apologize. Uh, from then, uh, I want to, Introduce. I talked to my buddy, Sergio, who, again, uh, to go back with uh, previous episodes, uh, is part of the Phoenix Trans family. That's how we initially met. Uh, but we've become friends and uh, both suffer from depression and anxiety. Um, and if you go back many episodes and find the My Intervention episode, uh, and a few other soapbox episodes, I kind of talked a little bit about my struggles and my gripes before. But this is an actual conversation about mental health, anxiety, and depression. Um, it's it's a longer. It's probably my longest episode to date, as you will see. Um, but I felt that it was a great conversation, um, and you will see that probably he will be returning to this podcast. Uh, to talk more about many different topics, but it was a very nice conversation about mental health considering um, it's kind of the popular topic uh, right now with the current suicide rates and the celebrities that are um, not with us anymore, as well as just, just the sign of the times. So I felt it was important to tackle this topic. So without further ado, I give you my chat with Sergio. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at www.audibletrial.com slash trendingtopicswithbeady. So I guess this is a long time coming, um, talking. We've only... <laughs> We've been trans-fam for a while, but we haven't really had the chance just to talk. Um, and that's kind of what happened on the last episode. I have known the sisters for the last few years, but we always just saw each other at events. And we never really had like a conversation until Agenda beach, and then we're like, well, why don't we do the podcast? But anyway, so welcome, Sergio. Um, I'm glad you want to do the podcast. I'm glad that... Um, this would be a cool thing to get to know each other, and I mean, trans fam, so duh. Um, so anyway, um, uh, like we were just talking in a huge pre show, um, getting to know each other. Uh, I guess another important thing that I've talked about on the podcast in previous episodes has been my mental health state. Uh, about a year ago I did cold turkey off my medication because I realized for six years I was addicted heavily to a chemical that was not making me better. And I, so people kind of know how I staged my own, I call it my own intervention. Um, and I know we've kind of talked, you had your issues with relationships and stuff. So, you know, we all go through shit. Right. Um, but with everything that's going down recently, with all the suicides, the suicide rates going up, the divisiveness of really just our society. And I'm not just talking the U.S. I think there's an old world thing going on right now where it's not even just about physical war. It's like everybody's at each other's throats, even if we embrace other cultures. But that's a whole other story. So my point being is... um, Talking to people about mental health or just talking to people, it doesn't seem to be happening like it should because we're all in our devices, we're all so busy that we don't just sit down and have conversations anymore. Well, A lot of us are, you know, unless it's your close friends and family, but...
1: Right, right. No, and, and that's why, you know, sometimes, like, I just recently I posted um, on Facebook, I don't know if you saw it, when I put, you know, social media is fun and all... But make sure you, you, you catch up every once in a while to see how that person is doing. You know what I mean? Not just like, oh, what did he post? Or what did he do today? Or what's what's their next meme that they posted? You know what I mean? Like
0: Right, and everybody's persona on social media nowadays is a very strategic... Like, I will admit, for the last many years, but even probably the last... I'm a lot more censored and strategic with what I post on social media now being a professional person than I was when social media started because I was just out of college. I didn't give a fuck what I said. Right. But now you can get fired or not get a job for what you post on Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is. Yeah. So even in celebrity world, whatever status I've noticed, everybody posts what they want people to see, not really what's the reality.
1: Very true. Very true, and, and, and sometimes...
0: Or you're just advertising.
1: <laughs> for the most part. Yeah. Um, or not even advertising, it's a shared post. It's not like a legit post from somebody else. You know, you see these like...
0: Well, I do it a lot, but...
1: <laughs> but you know what I mean, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's just more like, like I said, I, I try to be careful with how much I'm posting, like you said, professionally-wise, too. But not only that, but because, like I've always said it, and you hear a lot of these people, their families, who do commit suicide, oh, I didn't know... Something was wrong with them. I didn't know. They seemed like this happy person. They seemed like they were okay. Oh, this person was rich. You know what I mean? Or what, what have you. Um, and there's more to life than riches. Definitely. Definitely. You know, and money cannot buy happiness. As as it's been proven, apparently. And...
0: Well, I've heard... I, I listened to a lot of other podcasts. And now with my new job, all day, we're allowed to listen to music or whatever. So I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, but... Even celebrities know other people that are wealthy and they talk about how these people could be a billionaire, but they're miserable. Exactly. And and if you put it in that perspective, that's the thing. Is like It's funny because my family, I don't know, a lot of, I guess, maybe I should go back to the beginning. So I grew up in a small town in, in, in Arizona, still a small town. Um, I'm mixed race and at a very young age, I knew I've always been unique and outgoing, extroverted, and was really into extracurriculars, whether it's music, sports, dancing, whatever it was, because there wasn't much else to do. And as I got older, I didn't want to fall into the early alcoholic drug stage because my small town in Arizona it's really, it's funny, because that's really where all the drug rehab centers are. If, you've, if you go back and watch Intervention, yeah, majority of the times when they send them to the, re, it's where I grew up. But at that same point, there's still nothing to do there. So even if people get out of those rehabilitation programs, more than likely they relapse. And then it just gets, there's nothing to do. I mean, I remember there was a statistic when I, went through high school that the other high school out in an outskirt had the highest teen pregnancy rate of the state and it was not surprising to me at that time i had a friend who was pregnant at 16 and it was a big thing that we're trying but i was like there's nothing to do here and if you don't do drugs and you don't have a passion yet like for music or you're not in a like some sort of extracurricular activity what else are you going to do at puberty?" yeah You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: exactly. And it it, it happens a lot throughout the United States. I think it's just, you know, but you know, yeah, it happens a lot in the in the small towns, but I think in the big towns too. And that's that's where, you know, like, see, I grew up in L.A. Did I press record?
0: Oh yeah, I did. (laughs) So,
1: I grew up in L.A. um, and the town that I grew up in you know there was there's quite a bit of things to do but there was you can easily fall into those other negative activities you know what i mean it's just one of those things where i mean you know they talk about history repeating itself but it's just insane to think how many kids were at the time like now the use of cocaine is just ridiculous i think it's like we're almost back in the 80s again like
0: well, yeah, you hear you hear people talk about cocaine. Co- excuse me, cocaine so much nowadays. I feel like I hear about that recently. I don't know. Maybe it's just more as oh, I'm doing cocaine. It's become. I feel like it's more accepted now. Yeah. Because there's been all this thing. That there was a focus on. I think the '90s was the time when they were like. MAD came out, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, and yeah. D.A.R.E. and all that shit. Yeah. But they're mostly focused on drunk driving, which, again, still happens. I'm against. <laughs> but I think people were more aware, aware of the, the harmful effects of alcohol and alcoholism being hereditary. And so families were more aware of that. And then, And then now the debate about marijuana being legalized in places which... Not to be controversial, but I'm so for because I have a whole nother issue. What? Yeah. But, but the cocaine thing. Like, see, when I grew up, my small town was known for meth, but not the meth, the good quality meth. People were making their own meth. They were Breaking Bad was just like had come on, and <laughs> yeah. so everybody's like, I'm gonna fucking make my own meth. <laughs> but I'm gonna get it with the Pine Sol and the Windex and and, and and people. There was meth labs. In high school, I remember all the time being broke up, and I was like, well, there's nothing to fucking do. You know what I mean? Like, anyway. But the cocaine thing, it wasn't until I got into a bigger city, bigger cities, and had done a little bit of traveling, the small amount that I've done, where people like talk about cocaine like it's, oh, I just did that Thursday. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs)
1: yeah.
0: It's not not that that's a bad thing that's kind of desensitized, but the fact that it's like, I mean, you see it in all the old 80s movies and early 90s movies when they talk about cocaine. Like in Crocodile Dundee, that whole scene. You remember that scene in the one... Well, I don't remember which movie, but the dude's getting ready to do a, a load of blow right there on the table at that party. And he thinks the dude it has a cold. So he takes it off the table and puts it in the hot water and goes, breathe it. And, the, and then she goes, you know you just ruined about $50,000 worth of cocaine. <laughs> and like... It was a joke, but that was an 80s movie. Yeah. I just thought that scene always comes to mind. I don't know, because that movie's hilarious. Because he doesn't. he's from Australia, so he doesn't understand. He's from the outback in Australia, so yeah. he wouldn't know what the fuck cocaine is. Yeah. But, yeah, so anyway, not to, like, get off on a tangent about drugs and stuff, but that's the other thing. Part of, I don't know, you're, you have a different perspective being from L.A., I guess, because L.A.'s always been, like, being in Arizona and we always talk about LA this and Hollywood that. So it's kind of I'm not that I'm against LA in any means. Is that LA's to me from my perspective has always been like it's a place you go to be in Hollywood or you know what I mean? So yeah. it's different than probably growing up there. Like explain kind of to kind of go back on the drugs and the um I guess not to derail from the mental health thing we're going to get down to, but kind of go back to, like, how you grew up and, like, what your take being from L.A. and your family. Well, and-
1: growing up, and, well, the thing, well, first of all, I, didn't, I mean, I can still go back and forth with the whole mental health thing because, I mean, first of all, growing up, um, my father never really believed in mental health illnesses. Like, you know, I, I to this day, I, I kind of sort of think I'm, i don't know i don't know maybe i might have add maybe not maybe it's just i'm super energetic like that but my father never believed in that you know my mom always thought i did because i was like super hyperactive kid but it was just again just energy not like annoying type of thing you know just like any mental health in these illness has different levels of it maybe it's not as severe but i'm pretty sure i did but the thing is growing up my father always said oh it's just an excuse uh it's an excuse for children. You know what I mean. Uh, ADDs an excuse. Uh, depression is an excuse. Anxiety is an excuse. Like that was the mentality that I grew up with. You know what I mean. So
0: I grew up from my dad was kind of like that too. Well, my my family was. They were kind of like not that it didn't exist. Right. And I certainly grew up with kids that were like the the whole term Adderall run around and right. all that shit. But I guess because I was the kid from a very young age, it was always in some extracurricular, whether it was dancing, sports, later, um, band, and that I was, growing up, I was a really good student until things got a little bit harder in high school leading into college, and then college was a whole other story. I don't think they ever thought, and I didn't think at the time, because they were always like, oh, work hard, get good grades, stay in trouble, and then most of my other time was doing whatever extracurricular it was, I don't think, I didn't notice at the time that I had a problem with depression and stuff. But the more I grew up and more I didn't really like my surroundings, not necessarily my family, but more like I just knew. I was just experiencing things and I was just like, this is late 90s, early 2000s, and it's just, anyway, that you, you, the point I'm trying to get to is that it was kind of brushed over because I wasn't my friend growing up that had was failing all these classes that was not focused that so they were given Adderall and put into I guess special ed classes and I was getting straight A's and doing whatever sport at the time Mm -hmm. but it didn't that there was something wrong with me at the time I knew there was something weird because I was always like now looking back at it I was always like And until till this day, I get bored easily with things and I was, or I get really focused at times where I'm like obsessed with something and then I like overdo it to the point where I'm like bored with it. So I got to move on to the next thing. Yeah.
1: And that's, and that's how I felt too. Um, you know, like I said, you know, same thing with me growing up. My grades were really, really well up until I got to high school, up until I got to high school. And then I had to work harder in high school. And then on top of that, even if you did have a mental illness, um, You have fucking puberty. You have all the stress and and extra stuff of like, you know, bullying in in school. You know, it it wasn't looked at the way it's looked at now.
0: No bullying. If you were bullied, you just had to deal with it. Yeah, there was no oh shit, I have a bully. Somebody's gonna take care of it. And it sucks because you know I have an eight year old, and and I'm just like,
1: I feel bad because it's like, geez, if I went through what I went through with bullying and all that stuff what the hell is he going to go through? I mean, look yeah. at look at how they tear apart people online.
0: You oh, know, God.
1: Just, you know, the, the whole meme thing has gone out of control, you know what I mean? They have that... Well,
0: the, everybody hides behind a screen. Yeah. That's a whole other story, but it's like years ago when the internet didn't exist, kids, there was... For all <laughs> you youngsters tuning in, we didn't have the internet about 20 years ago, yeah. but to kind of get you up to speed, like he's saying, the internet, the internet... There can be really, really, really great things about the internet, yeah. but there can be really, really, really shitty things about the internet. And if you are a kid who, even if you think you've found your community online, people are just nasty to each other because they're not physically in front of another person. Exactly. And, and
1: I, I'm, I'm very much against that right now. Yeah. So I feel like communication has been lost in humanity in a sense. You not know to sidetrack I mean? like, for a second. No, go ahead.
0: But uh, do you ever go out now if you're out maybe at a restaurant or anywhere in public yeah
1: how many people's faces do you ever just walk
0: around and just look you you try to look at the couples and everybody's in their fucking phones and i'm 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 raising my hand right now i've done it (laughs) but do you ever lately i've been trying just to put my goddamn phone even if i'm just staring at a menu for an hour just because i'm like why are we on our phones And do you ever just see, like, maybe the one couple that's on their blind date or whatever, on their first date, but you can tell the conversation is not going very well, and people don't know really how to converse, so they both get on their phones, Yeah, and then they're kind of sitting or there. Or you see
1: one or the other. It's like you'll see yeah. the chick like, kind of look down a little bit while the yeah. guy's kind of, like, fidgeting around or something. Yeah. No, I, I see it. Just this past weekend, we went bowling with my roommate, and I pointed that out, and we were like, it's just three of us, it was me, um, it was, you know, it was just... It was my roommate, myself, and my other friend. And we were laughing, having fun. We were like the loudest lane there. And we look around, and everybody else was either snapchatting and that's another thing too it's like they may not be on their phones to be detached from the group no but, but everybody has to be m- recording.
0: monument recording the whole yes, thing you know what i In mean pictures
1: and sometimes my my honestly i you know like i said i was just I was telling like, you earlier i got the new you know the s9 for edc and then at the end of the day honestly now that i look back on it i took a lot of pictures but i didn't take what i thought i was going to take because it's more like my mentality is like if you're not here you missed out
0: Well, that's my thing is, when did we become a society when it comes to events where if we don't have videos and pictures, it's like you didn't attend? There was a time back in the day where if you had your ticket or maybe um, the off chance you had a meet and greet back in the day or whatever it is, you might have gotten a photo. Yeah. But just saying you went validated the fact that oh yeah they went to the concert but nowadays people have to go and they have to record the whole goddamn well, thing it,
1: what it is is just everybody and wants i'm a victim of it too everybody but... wants everything instant because let's go back to what we were just talking about back then the stories hanging out was of where you went yeah the stories consisted of yo look at this picture i put because we didn't have instant you know picture That's uploading true. and all that stuff you know You were waiting for your film, film to be you know developed, and so yeah, no, it just it it sucks that people are so attached to their to their phones the way they are, and it's just communication. I don't know. I just I keep saying it. Communication is lost. I feel like it's lost, and sooner or later, I I seen this meme. Here you go. Right, we're talking about this, but it's just certain stuff. It just it's funny, and they showed a picture of Egyptian hieroglyphs. And they showed the emoji keyboard. And, you know, it, what I was said earlier, history repeating itself. And somebody mm-hmm. was like, does anybody feel like we're going back in time here?
0: Yeah. It, I, <laughs> Yeah. Well, the other thing that... Well, to go kind of back what we were saying about what that's done to communication as a whole and what the Internet has done, is that, don't get me wrong, in, to kind of bring this whole back to the mental health thing... Um, to kind of, when I, my whole thing about mental health, I didn't realize I had a problem until I was an adult and it was, it was an episode that caused me to realize, nope, I've been suffering from depression and anxiety severely all my life, but it had come to a head with everything that, anyway, I had to confront it. But that's because growing up, like we were going back, when you have when you come from a family, whether, let's leave out where we actually grew up, the geographical, mm. but I think it was a generation. We still come from, my folks were baby boomers, but they grew up in the time where they were very hardworking people. Mm. Um, and so I think really their mentality was, oh, this doesn't exist. It's not a some sort of disorder or mental illness. It's uh, you're not working hard enough or you can overcome it somehow by putting in more hard work or whatever it may be that they kind of had this like, I don't want to call it blue collar, but it's kind of that mentality of like y- the hard work will reward you in the end so just keep striving and if you feel like shit right now, well, you'll get over that. Right. But there's no just getting over a mental illness. No. Especially if it's never addressed, and and I think in my case, I don't think I ever. I didn't realize growing up I had a problem, but I always knew something was different about me. Like I was very, I was an extra. That's the other thing is like there, I was like, well, you weren't introverted, you weren't, you know, by yourself all the time, and I go, well, yeah, but it doesn't mean that, like. I'm not, there's more to me than that. Like, you raised me to be independent and extroverted, and I still am to this day, but in the long run, I still felt out of place at times, you know, like, so, so to kind of get back to your point of being from families that are like, oh, we're just, that, that's not, yeah, Yeah. I don't know if it's a generational thing, and maybe conversations like this is going to help future generations. Yeah.
1: Definitely. And it's something that, you know, I definitely don't, again, being a father, I don't rule out, again, though, but I don't use it as an excuse. So, you know, if my son ever starts getting all hypered or something, oh, he has ADD, I'm sorry. No, it's like, look more into it instead of just trying to put, and again, this is something I'm big on, putting a label you know, I'm tired of everybody has to put a label on something. Why do you have to put a label on it? No, it's like, why don't you look more in depth into it? You know what I mean? Perfect example. I'm in high school. I'm in sophomore year. This is my sophomore year. Um, I, uh, I was doing choir at the time, uh, really deep into choir. So I did choir all four years in high school, and I just, I fell in love with singing. I felt, just always had a love for music. But uh my father had just bought me a guitar my freshman year, so I had my guitar, I had my keyboard, doing choir, really into music, you know, just everything into music. And again I go into this this mode where I was sleepy a lot, you know. Part of depression is you get you get tired. You you just you you go into the state where you just wanna sleep for some reason and, and you don't understand it. I don't either, you know what I mean? So yeah i got very fatigued to make a long story short my parents accused me of being on drugs and they were my dad was my dad was a type where you know we're going to go out and we're going to go get a drug test and he he drug tested me a couple times so this is the, the, the this is like the third time he did it obviously i came out clean the last two and i was just fed up with it and i was just pissed off and instead of getting into an argument with him like i usually did and just exploding I stayed quiet, I let them leave whatever, and so they went to the store, and when they came back, in, in the entrance of the house, I set up my trumpet, my keyboard, all my music books that I had, um, all my music sheet from, from choir, and then I used to write a lot too, once upon a time. I had like two composition books full of stuff and poems and whatnot that I would write, and I and my dad like comes in, he's dumbfounded, I'm like, alright, you know what, I come clean, here's my drug. And my mom kind of, like, she reacted right away, way. And, you know, women always are a little bit more... Intuitive, Intuitive, yeah. you know? And um, and I'm, like, I snatched the, the, the you know, the, the drug test from it and went to take it. Came back out. And I'm, like, here, look, it's clean again. You know? And I told him, instead of trying to, you know, accuse your son of something, I'll never forget. This it's like, the first time I ever, like... Confronted you. Confronted yeah. my father like this. It was just, like, you do not confront. You know what I mean? And, and to this day, that's another thing, too. You know? It just other stuff too, you know, I never was able to express myself, so sometimes it's, it's if, if you find me stumbling a lot right now, it's because I never, I never was able to express myself fully, you know, at my house, it was, my father was right, my father
0: was right, my father was right. I grew up in that kind of, we kind of have a similarity of the way we were raised, because it wasn't until I got to high school, I mean, it started happening at the end of middle school, but I, I well, the other thing is, is I, I'm an only child, so. Mm. That was another thing. So they were a little overbearing as parents. But it wasn't until I got to high school, I guess, and I started to really form my own point of view, that my dad and I just didn't get along. We we were, we fought a lot looking back at it. I mean, I can remember maybe going on a family road trip. and had just... Started driving, so they made me drive the whole way or whatever. And my dad and I are bitching at each other, and my mom's in the back being the mediator. Yeah. And it wasn't until that moment... I mean, and that happened a lot, but it wasn't until that moment being on that family road trip to go see my uncle in New Mexico or whatever, that the fact that we were at each other's throat... I mean, my dad and I were, like, yelling at each other. We had... And and my mom used to always say, it was because you guys are so alike and you're just so stubborn, which... How can right. I not be, but at the same time, it's like I didn't know why I couldn't handle my emotions because at that point, and I still kind of get to this way is that when I get overly angry, I'm hysterically crying and like really upset, and I mean it it probably in my mind, I'm thinking it a lot more worse or less than it was, but I didn't. At the time, I didn't understand, A, why I wasn't being able to get along with my father. Because growing up when I was younger, we got along fine. And second of all, I couldn't figure out why whenever I disagreed or was somewhat angry, it would become, I would become so angry I couldn't control my anger. And I couldn't figure this out. And, and I was trying to figure this out at the time. But instead I was harnessing it into school and everything else. And my parents never really addressed it that way. They 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 were like, Oh You're just rebelling. I'm just rebelling, uh, you just hate us. They took it very personal, <laughs> stuff right. like that. Yeah. To the state they kinda of bring it up. And I and and now that I have perspective as a human being and I've gone through what I've gone through, I go I look back and I go, It's because you never acknowledged what was really going on. You never even looked into it because the actual signs that you think, like, because I had friends that I grew up with that were diagnosed with whatever, ADD, ADHD, uh, this and that, I didn't fit that mold that right. they had back then. Mm-hmm. So it never occurred to them that something would be wrong until, to kind of go with the story that I've maybe told in the podcast or not, um, I went to U of A. Had a hell of a time getting through UVA. Um, mainly, I went had a change major, went started failing classes and shit. And then my extracurricular, which was banned and stuff, didn't go as well. I was I was basically bullied in college, but it was a different type of bullying. I was abused by my section leader, right. who was an alcoholic at the time. He would show up, he would anyway, Jeez. and then at parties he would abuse me. But um, verbally it right. wasn't like actually he let it tried to hit actually one time he did but he didn't i mean tried to hit me he didn't actually hit me yeah. um and it wasn't till it escalated at a party that everybody else at the party who was also in band and stuff realized oh this guy's a douchebag which it shouldn't have taken that far but anyway i went through that and then i went through changing my major and then i got but
1: see if i if i can pause you there really quick even something like that that's the issue with society of mental illness being so taboo because people know so let's take this guy for example i'm pretty sure people realize that he was a douchebag the thing is people are always afraid to address the situation you know what i mean and i feel like that is the problem with people nowadays is they're if they see something wrong they're afraid to address it maybe if like you know um I don't know, stupid funny example, but if you see, like, a pregnant lady, like, you're always, you're too afraid to ask, are you pregnant or not, because you get that, you know what I mean, like, oh, I'm not pregnant, if you're wrong, you're wrong, yeah, you know what I mean, and it's like, if you see something wrong, address it, address it, and that's what I mean, like, in high school, I got made fun of in high school, because they would said they would tell people, like, people would tell me, like, dude, why do you walk around this place like it's a freaking beauty pageant, waving at everybody, and I'm like, because I've already lost two friends to suicide at that time already. I'm like, I'm not going to lose another. And I don't care if I don't know that person, but if I don't see you smiling, I am going to go out of my way to make sure you're smiling by the time we're done talking. You know, I, I'm going to go out of my way to, to, you know, make like make you let you know that, hey, you know what? I acknowledge you. Right, and I think that's a problem with a lot of people with mental mental disorders is that they kind of don't feel acknowledged, and sometimes it's a little more, you know what I mean? Because like you were saying, I, I'm super ex, I'm super open, I'm super, I'm a social butterfly, but for some Same. reason, and that's where I started embracing it more as I got older. That you know something is wrong with me is, I would do these extracurricular events, I would go to my choir concerts and and you know, do great, be with my friends, ha ha ha. But when I got home. I felt alone, you know. And I come from a big family. I can just imagine for you how hard it was because I come from a family of five. So it was myself, my older brother, my younger brother, and my twin sisters who are the youngest ones. And, you know, you have family. You have brothers and sisters. My brother and I were were, were roommates. I pretty much had a roommate all my life. You know, he's, he was we shared a room together. But yet, even though he was right there in the room with me and we were playing video games or whatever, I was watching him play... I felt alone and that that was the thing that was the part where ever since I was little so like that's always like has been a problem with me and now you know that I got diagnosed officially with it after my breakup with my son's mom I see that I have that same problem where literally just yesterday I went to um this uh buddhist meeting because I, I study sgi buddhism and so I went i've to always this...
0: wanted to do that i feel like that'd be the only religion i'd actually agree oh with. I, I the whole you. zen thing anyway continue
1: but uh so I I, I I took a friend uh that i just recently met to his first meeting it was an intro meeting um and they have it every wednesday by the way i'll tell you about it more but uh, every, uh so i took him to the meeting went back to his house and He's like, hey man, you wanna hang around for a little while more? We're gonna drink or whatever. I'm like, sure, why not? Uh had drinks, whatever. I had everybody like rolling on the floor. I I I just I've always been a class clown me type too. of thing. You know what I mean?
0: Yes. People always tell me I should have been a well my parents stand-up, still stand-up comedian. Yeah,
1: why don't you do stand-up? In my thing is
0: just more like,
1: I I don't know. For me, it's like I can be very open. I can be very uh Like no fucks given sometimes But I need a little nudge for that And it's always that nudge that takes a while for it to kick in But other than that Anyways uh, you know I had these people laughing Whatever Come back home you know my friend had to go to work So he has to go to work the next day So he's like hey I'm going to take you home Like, Okay cool let's go So I'm kind of buzzing at whatever And I'm just laughing at I'm going over things that had just happened The second I closed the door of my room and lay down That was gone It was all gone and I almost, almost started to cry. And it's like, you know, why am I feeling like this? Why, why, why is it that I feel so alone knowing that I'm surrounded by people? You know, uh, my ex and I are, and in, 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 we, we co-parent. So we communicate a lot. And she's my best friend for life, you know. And she's helped me out too. And she tells me, she always tells me, she reassures me. She's like, hey, she's like, Sergio, no one's replacing you. You know, you're always going to be Teddy's father. You know, no, one's, no one is taking that position. And I get that. But there's just something more in, you know, that it's just, it's just, it's it's not the same. You know what right. I mean?
0: I, I feel the same way. So to kind of finish the story, when I was in college, um, that whole shit went down with even what I love to do, which is music and band and stuff when I wasn't killing myself in academics was going to hell in a handbasket if it wasn't for that the first year in marching band because to kind of preface in high school I had some injuries with my knees so I'd had two knee surgeries by the time I got to college from sports and band and everything because I did band in high school um and you um, can do it Who okay. cares um, And Anyway So This band That was one of Was So To kind of People keep talking about Oh you were into a band A few years ago So When I w- I had a babysitter Donna The Back in the Late 90s She was part of the group that she, she was part of that Whole fandom Of the new kids on the block Okay And so when I, if it wasn't Prince or Michael Jackson, I was listening to New Kids on the Block when I was like three or four. And then they broke up in 94. And then, so I grew up with every other fucking type of music and you could (laughs) manage them all. But then in 2008, sophomore year of college, they reunited, New Kids came back. And they're like, we're gonna do a reunion tour, we have a new album. And for some reason I was in such a depressive state, which was I was taken out and partying and school and all kinds of stuff. My friends were kinda of weird about it. That when they announced that, I immediately figured when I had when I would work in the summers and had money left over from stuff, I immediately bought a ticket that year. I started obsessing with all the their interviews that year and then I was like, Oh, I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna drive up from Tucson to Phoenix, and I'm gonna go. And then what happened was because I was I didn't realize I was de- severely going through depression at the time, and I needed some sort of light to get me out. That I latched on so hard to that reunion that that's about when social media started. So I got on to Facebook, and then Twitter, and then their band members started getting on. Donnie Wahlberg gets on Twitter. All of us fans get on Twitter, we start networking, and that was my sense of, I finally found people I can relate to. We all have different struggles, we're all different, we all come from different uh, walks of life, but we all love this one type of music, and we're passionate about it, and we all have similar stories of how we got into it, we were either introduced into it, we were little kids, so I just gravitated toward this. Even though I had loved all kinds of different music, I mean, like, we trance, I had loved trance before then, I had loved all kinds of other music, but it was not, it was something at that time in 2008 that I needed some sort of, like, positivity in my life, because I was darkly going through depression and going to school, that I didn't, but I didn't know that was what was happening. I just thought, I felt like shit, um, I gotta get through school somehow, so I, so for, so I latched onto that, and then the whole community thing of the internet started with social media. I started meeting other fans. Long story short, by the end of college, I had met other... Their fans are called blockheads. So we called each other blockheads. So I had met other blockheads, and I had one friend that I had met online. I had only known online, and I was so done with college. Like, I, I, I was so depressed, but I burnt myself out in four years to get the fuck out of college yeah. to graduate and get done with it and get on with my life that she had convinced me well what is your you like music you should move here to Vegas you should become a promoter and at that time when I graduated in 2010 was the heart of the recession Vegas had 14 percent unemployment rate that was the worst place to move in the country but what did I do I moved straight there, and I, and at that time I was like, oh, I fucking love Vegas because I grew up going to Vegas. That's where we vacation. Right. If it wasn't California, we went to Vegas. Even when I was not twenty one, and then twenty one, I went ape shit. But like, it was just like, oh, Vegas seems great. And then yeah. I moved there, and not two or three months after I moved there, I was a promoter for um, at the time the Palms. The Palms is not what it is nowadays, but uh, they had I was doing but nobody was going to Vegas at the time to party. Nobody had money. The People that were going to Vegas at the time were families like I how I grew up, but they were going just to see Vegas for a couple of days and then leave. It's if crazy, they had you know, money. 10 years. It, yeah. <laughs> it, it it was not you, you you that was prior to EDC being in Vegas yeah. cuz I remember the next year is when they announced EDC was coming to Vegas. Yeah. But uh, so not too... Um, Many months after I moved there, I got laid off. I had no job. I mean, they even a COO of Palms was laid off. I mean, people were losing their jobs. Cost of living there was great, but you didn't have a job to pay for it unless you were, like, school teacher or had grown up in Vegas. So I spent the year I lived in Vegas working. And in that time, my roommates started going psycho. And I mean... And I, and I don't want to use this term loosely, but she did. She, the more I struggled and started to succumb to my depression and anxiety as I was dealing with all this shit, the more she became vindictive. And so she was also a blockhead and really didn't have that much money, but the more shit went down and the more I didn't have money. And a lot of times they would announce events in Vegas. So she started throwing that shit in my face. Like, well, I'm going to go. You're not going to go. And that was like the worst time to do that. I knew I didn't have the money. Right. And at times, she knew she didn't have the money to do everything. I mean, she had more money. She did have a student teaching job, but she was still finishing her schooling. So, like, in reality, she shouldn't have done any more than I should have done. But to come come back one day after a whole another debate and be like, well, I'm flying to Boston to go to their Fenway show, which was their monumental, I mean, that was their homecoming. They hadn't waited all their entire career, they're from Boston and they never got to play Fenway, so it was a big deal. But I'm like, you didn't have money, and like that day prior, she was on my side about that whole tour that year. Because that side note, they the reason that happened is because they decided to team up with Backstreet Boys that year and create a tour,
1: mm-hmm. and it
0: became clear that they were becoming a cash cow, yeah. not the reunion from a few years prior to that. Right. So I started figuring that out. But in that time, I was going through this depression from everything going on. But I didn't know that's what I was going through. And I was being told by her and my family that, oh, no, it's just because you're being stubborn and you're not realizing that you need to find a job or move back home or do this. And so I was getting all this pressure from my family, who, A, couldn't understand it. Then I was getting it from her because she was kind of like my escape, but then she turned... A well, total one eighty as a person. I mean, her and I to this day don't talk after all this debacle went down because I remember one specific fight where she was like, "Fuck you, I hate your fucking guts," and she was dead serious. I mean, we were in serious blows, yeah. but she didn't understand what was going on with me. I guess she couldn't figure it out. But what had happened was I had a migraine headache because I used to get migraine headaches growing up. Again, that's a sign of depression. Yeah. And they talk about headaches being, but I didn't know that at the time.
1: Yeah. And seeing my father, it was cause I never wore my glasses. You know what I mean? It just, it, I hate saying ignorance because, you know, you're calling my dad an ignorant, but it's just, it's more like uneducated, you know? And that's right. why I, like I said, and I always tell you and I'll let you get back to your but your, to your story, but every time you post something about mental illness, I always thank you because see, that's using social media the smart way, informing you know what I mean? Letting people know what is going on. And I feel like that, you know, there's a right... Like you were saying earlier, there's a right way to use the internet in the wrong way. You know? And it sucks that it's it's more of the bad, but there's a little bit of us who know how... It, not how it should be used, but it's being used the way it, it should. Right. That makes sense. So that's why I always tell you thank you for posting <laughs> those... You well, know, those recently... That you I think
0: I've been doing a little bit more because I've been not a not a side note to get off my story, but um, with all the suicides and, and then it's kind of been like the it thing to talk about mental health lately with all the suicides and the suicide rates going up and um, all the other podcasts out there which are doing a great job about talking about the subject. But I feel like this should have been happening when I was a kid. Yeah. And so being, I feel, the reason I keep posting recently is because I feel like I go through the same struggle that all these other people. It's just, I guess I just have a little bit more wherewithal to actually just talk about it instead of be ashamed about it. Exactly. And we're, that's the stigma that I'm trying to get rid of because being knowing my struggle, if people would have, like my family or other people around me who knew I was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs 10 years ago about the new kids, that... They should have realized that, no, there's something deeper happening. It isn't just because she's upset about a damn concert. It's because there's a lot of shit going on that have never been addressed. So really, that's what happened. So anyway, I had a migraine for about four or five days. I don't know. It seemed longer than that. And I had had a bunch of fights with my roommate. We really weren't on speaking terms. One night... I was just sick of the pain. I was sick of the physical pain of my head. I was sick of... I had been crying. I, I couldn't stop crying. I was having these crying spells. I was just going through a serious panic and emotional, like, psychotic breakdown. And I at that moment... And I used to drink heavily back then. Now I realize I was borderline alcoholic from all of this. Which is funny because alcoholism doesn't run in my family. So it was really weird that I was like... Once I turned 21, I was like drinking heavily. But I plotted to take a bunch of... uh, Because at the time I was also addicted to a leave because of my knee issues. And so for years they are like, just take a leave. And I, I used to overdose on that shit back in the day. So I plotted at that moment to not only get completely wasted but take a bunch of a leave at the time to try to just off myself. But it didn't work. And I was still in pain. And I was talking to, ironically, another blockhead who was in town that we knew, him, another friend. She's like, you should call 911 on yourself. You do not sound like you should be talking to me right now. You need to call 911 on yourself. Where's Kelly, who was my, that's my ex-roommates. Right. Right. And I'm like, she's here, but she's asleep. She doesn't give a fuck about me. We, we don't talk. We're not in speaking terms. I don't think she's going to help me one iota right now go to the hospital. And she goes, we'll call 911. I called 911 on myself. Which was weird,'cause by the time the by the time the paramedics showed up, it was a I surrendered, so it was not like like the movies, it was just they showed up, there was not a big like they didn't have the siren on either because right. it was I calling it on myself, so it was like so by the time I got into the ambulance, they were taking my vitals, they were checking everything, I was eerily calm at that moment. I went from being. The headache was starting to come down, too. I mean, I still had a headache, but it was not from... It was weird. And then I get to the hospital, and because I had mentioned that I tried to kill myself, they put me in the psych ward of the hospital, Um, and they shot me up with a bunch of drugs. And the minute they shot me, they literally, like, put a needle in my ass. And then in two minutes, I went from, like, having a headache to not. And then they gave me another pill and I was just like calm as fuck, but they took away all my electronics. They took away like my, they wouldn't let me have my phone. Um, the only way I was able to get out of the hospital is to call my folks. And ironically at the time, that's what set me off too, was that I wasn't getting along with my family. They were not understanding what was up with me. Um, we've had our issues. So having to call my folks and, So they had to drive from Arizona to Vegas to get me out that morning. So I had to sit there in the psych ward, reflecting on everything that had gone on. And basically, the um, doctor there at in the ER psych ward, whatever, at that moment, and after he shut me up and kind of talked to me, he told me, "I think you have like depression and anxiety or something." He said something, not that he gave me a diagnosis, but he kind of mentioned something, and I was like. But at that time, I was feeling a lot better. I wasn't crying. But I also got perspective at that moment because there were some people in the psych ward that really needed to be in the psych ward. Like, straight jacket, fucked up people. And I was like, I am not like these people. And so I was like, I don't want to land back here. So anyway, that's my long story. I don't know if I told it on the podcast enough, but the reason I'm bringing up this whole story, my story, and why... I don't want to like overtake my podcast here, but the the point I'm trying to make is I, it doesn't need to, we shouldn't have it get to that point where people feel that the only way to fix the pain is to fucking off yourself. Yeah. Now I'm also not saying coming from a, a point of view where, um, sorry, Coming from a point of view where, um, like, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to come to, but saying that people who think that, I'm not trying to downplay the whole thing, but what I'm trying to say is, if, instead of writing it off the whole time and writing off my behavior as rebellion or, um, whatever people put a label on they should have asked they should have went from a different perspective and been like okay your behavior has been kind of erratic for a while and you're drinking kind of heavily or um you're spending too much money or whatever something that's a little bit off they should look into it a little bit further as opposed to people encouraging people just to be normal because on the outside they're still i was still very like Happy other than when I that whole episode happened mm. so I think people just thought oh she's just depressed about not being able to go or her money situation or whatever it was mm. but on uh, but I was still able to like hang out with people and it wasn't it didn't seem you know it didn't seem like what a depressed person should seem like well
1: to go back on that the story that I just told you about what just literally just happened to me last night um I mean, of course, it kind of sucks because it came out of his mouth, but Robin Williams. Yeah. And I'll never forget this quote. And I I, I almost live by this quote, not only to myself, but like I said, with that mentality of if I see you frown, if I see you with a frown, I'm going to come over and talk to you, you know. But he said, you know, sometimes the happiest person in the room is the saddest person in the room, you know, and it it really sucks because I can I relate to that. So much, and and again, it's just you know right there, you know, making all these people laugh, hanging out, you know, laughing and everything, and then coming home, and just being sad, you know what I mean? It just it was so confusing to me, and that's the thing where you know the understanding mental illness it should be something that not only people around you should learn to understand, but you yourself should do some research to understand, to help you understand. Because that, that's my my thing right now, the wall that I've hit right now. I've I've come a long way. And like I said, in the past two years, just all my life, basically, um, I've never taken any type of medication towards it or for it at all.
0: Well, I was going to get to that in a minute. But, um, so after this whole episode that I had just explained, um, the, I ended up coming, ended up, Moving back to Arizona, well, moving back to my hometown, moving back in with my parents, which again was a trigger. Mm -hmm. But at that time, um, I finally went to the doctor. The doctor finally gave me the diagnosis that I have generalized anxiety disorder, that I should go on medication, and that I should go to therapy. So I went to therapy, which was a big help. Talking it with somebody objectively that's not so close to the you, Mm -hmm. I'm a proponent of therapy but there's one thing about therapy why I haven't continued it it's very expensive so that's another reason why after my a few sessions I didn't want to continue paying a lot but um, is that after a while I don't know maybe it was just my therapist I felt what the therapist was really good at is letting me understand that I wasn't the problem, but that I need to look more inward at how I was handling things. But then at the same time, they put me on a very high dosage of my medication. That started my medication. And I remember the day that the doctor was like, well, we're going to put you on this generic form of this drug, because which was Paxil, the generic form of paroxetine, and because it's not habit-forming, you're not going to become addicted, and... It's just a small dosage, and I was like, "All right." So at the time, immediately when I went on that medication and did therapy, therapy was great. But then I went on the medication, my whole demeanor changed. Like I started being able to get along with my father. Like I stopped being more con- less confrontational. A lot of things started to change. I ended up getting a job, and then pro- professional careers finally started happening years later after all the. But it was weird, though. At the same time, I didn't really feel healed. Yes, there were certain things that had changed, where I was able to control my emotions. But I, but I also seemed kind of weird because I also felt kind of numb. Right. So then, what the medication did was, what those. This is why we'll get to the point where I, I stage my own intervention, is because. Even though they said, oh, it's non-habit forming, you won't be addicted, it's the one that's not. I was addicted. The minute I started taking that stuff, because it was like, take it once every day. And they're like, it's only 40 milligrams. And I was like, all right, cool. But, so anyway, long story short, I was on that medication for six years straight. till last year. Almost a year and a half, two years And in that time, I have gone through ups and downs career-wise in terms of keeping a job. I have gained a lot of weight that I didn't have even in college uh, because I may have stopped drinking because they tell you not to drink much with medication, obviously. But instead of drinking... I I stopped the, the drinking that I was doing in college and at, right after college. I like I was telling you in the pre-show, the, the the pre not show but conversation. I was self-medicating by spending too much money I didn't have, whenever I was making money, and eating. But not like. Even though I was working out, at first it didn't seem like I was doing harm to my body, because. I still had to, oh, I'm working out three times, three to four times a week. But then I had some really harsh jobs in the stress to the point where I completely stopped working out. So then I'm not only, and the reason I knew I was addicted is because every time I ran out and I had a day or two between refills, I would severely go through withdrawals. Like I was like in rehabilitation and those drugs people i'm just trying to tell you people (laughs) if you don't have to do not listen to your doctor and i said sounds bad but i want to explain to people that they are a pharmaceutical machine they are told by the pharmaceutical companies just give them drugs it'll shut them up basically because you have to pay for them and I found this out because every time I'd go to the doctor and get a refill, they'd be like, "How are you feeling?" And I would ask questions. I would try to figure out, ask a doctor what he could do to help me. Maybe he could wean me off of it. And instead of wanting me to take off the drug, they would try to give me more drugs. And they actually, at one point, gave me ten milligrams of another drug.
1: So, but to help you get off of this one, yeah, yeah,
0: not even to help me get off, just to help me feel. Oh, it's the one thing that. Oh, maybe it's this part that's, and, and then. Physically being on this other drug, I was feeling like shit. Like it was starting to f- physically f- harm me, mm-hmm. but I couldn't f- not be off the drug because I was so addicted. But I didn't feel like I was addicted at the time. I was like, because when I think addiction, I think like we talked about cocaine. I think about meth, um, or even pills, or yeah. any you know any of the other pills, or just. The fact that I was I was only taking one pill a day Or two pills a day How could I be addicted When you would watch Intervention and shit And it was like People were taking a whole bottle And I was yeah. just like I'm not addicted But I am
1: Yeah And it wasn't Addiction is another thing
0: Until I started having perspective In the last couple of years And obviously people helping me That were like Well maybe You need to try something different And I was just Starting to realize that doctor so what i'm getting at with you being on don't think the whole point of telling this story is because i don't want people to think that they shouldn't get help or shouldn't go to a doctor but you should be a little bit more astute as to not just accept the doctor hands you and to actually look at what it's gonna is it actually gonna help you and Looking back at it, the therapy helped me more on the onset than staying on a drug addicted for six years. And not to say that I didn't drink while I was on my drug that whole time. I drank still. I just didn't drink as much. Right. So not only was I addicted, I would drink. And obviously, probably that was (laughs) fucking up the whole thing. (laughs) So like... Anyway, so long story short, I'm now, I've taken my own intervention. I'm not on it. And the way I did it was being around somebody with natural health and nutrition background. They were like, no, you just need a natural... Because the doctors say, oh, don't go off cold turkey. We have to get you off cold turkey. But everyone you would ask, they would be like, no, here's more drugs. And you're like, wait, no, that's not what I just said. And so he's like, no, just go off. So I quit going to the doctors. I quit paying bills. I quit... And I just stopped one day, but it, instead of doing that, I was taking all these, like, health food supplements that were, like, the dopamine and all the chemicals in the brain. I would take the the legit health thing. I still went through two weeks of withdrawals, right. but I don't... Having somebody know that there's supplements out there that are are natural, that do the same thing, and by taking those, it was less. But I also was busy doing other stuff at the time so it helped but just to get back to your point about taking i wouldn't recommend it that's all i'm saying yeah. um i think you're doing well to be honest with i know i don't know your whole story for but me.
1: um no you're you're gonna struggle for those whoever does decide to 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 not take medication or stop medication, you're you're gonna str- the struggles there regardless you know it's 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 um it's not something you turn off. I don't I don't turn on and turn off depression whenever I feel like it. Yeah. You know, I'm not like, Hey, we're at the club, ha ha, ha. You know what? I feel like getting depressed now. Like no, no, it, no it just I could be at the club and in the middle you know what? Not even that long ago at um I went to Maya to go see uh who was it? Um, oh gosh, I gotta bring for it. Uh Nomana and um who was who was he opening for?
0: I don't know. Oh, gosh. So many shows. <laughs> yeah.
1: But anyways, there were, there was at one point, I mean, yes, there was drinking. But that's, I mean.
0: I don't think it's the drinking it's that does it. It's not the
1: drinking that does it. I've gotten shit-faced before and had no problem at all. But in the middle of that, of all that, you know, like, there was a point where I, I was like, what is wrong with you, dude? You're here with great people. I was there with a really good friend of mine. I just made another friend who's a really good friend now. I, may, I met him that day, but I was there with with my homegirl and it was just, we were having fun. I was, again, being the clown. I mean, I was jumping around. We were laughing because, you know, we were splashing around. And we were like, oh, I don't think some people want to get wet. And I'm like, we're at a pool party. But, yeah. uh, you know, but it, it was that point where all of a sudden I took a second for myself and I'm like, Sergio, what is, what, come on, dude. Like, come on, get your get yourself back up here, dude. Like, come back, you know, stop going into whatever dark area you're going to like you're you're surrounded by people you're okay and that's where you know more and more you start understanding that you know what you can't turn this on Mm-mm. and off whenever the only thing you can do is you coach yourself it. through it you know and just tell yourself hey you're gonna be okay hey you're you're, you're, you're alive you're breathing people care about you don't 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 th- feel that you're not you know and that's just the thing that I think having depression we give ourselves that illusion of you're alone.
0: Right. And at the same time, with I also feel that the stigma about mental health, regardless, everybody, the, the myth is that everybody's depression or anxiety is the same. Mm-hmm. And it's not.
1: No. No. The best analogy that I gave somebody is, you know, we're talking about, we're helping each other out and he's helped me out a lot. There's another guy. We're on Messenger and we're talking about life. And we're going back and forth, and, and he's like, dude, well, what's going on? You know, he reached out to me. It was after I, I posted that post, and I was like, wow, it took me back because I don't know this guy like that yet, but we've been really good friends through Messenger and Facebook. And he's like, bro, what's going on? And you know, he the fact that he reached out made me feel already went from like you know feeling at a two to like at a five a six because I was like, whoa, like, wow, you yeah. reached out. But going through that, I made a a funny analogy to kind of help with what you're trying to say right now. And I'm always about analogies. I was like, you know what? Well, I like, you know, I'm like, bro, I'm not trying to compare situations because I know everybody's situation is way different. Like I can like cheese on everything, but doesn't mean that it's going to taste the same for you too. Right. You know what I mean? If that makes sense, you know, and it's like where, you know, my, the severity of my depression may not be the same as yours. Clinically, it may not be in in different, but it's just, it's. For me it is for me it's it's this this kind of you know it's this tough for you, you can handle it in a certain way. everybody is very different. Depression is not a generic mental disorder. everybody has it unique into to their uniqueness right I mean?
0: and I think growing up with fam just different generations but I don't know if you heard this as a kid, but when people would bring up depression, it wasn't necessarily in the the mental health realm, it was like, well everybody gets depressed. That's just you'll get over that. And it's like that kind of stays, but but now it's like, oh, there's a distinction of whether it's severe depression or you're just going through something. And it's like, why why is there why is it black and white? Why is there like one or the other? Like and that that's how I was raised. So I didn't know all the like feelings of whether I felt alone or I felt misunderstood or whatever it could be growing up. That's what it was. I was just always told, oh, you'll get over it. Or not even actually would voice it because you never it was never really talked about. Yeah. You know, like we explained that we grew up in households where it was just kind of brushed over. There was never like well, acknowledgement I, of it. I
1: felt like that coming home from school a lot of times. You know what I mean? I, I'd finished my homework just to get it over and done with and then I would sit there lay down listen to music something and for those people who to this day are right now that are listening to us right now thinking oh there there's just it's it's a phase you'll get over it you're talking about high school that was 14 years ago for me um, just about i mean not well. i graduated from class of 07 but i'm, I'm talking 06. about you know so what i'm saying so 15 for me yeah 15 14 years ago um it's not a phase. I'm no. still not over it. You know yeah. what I mean? It goes away, but it comes back. And it's just, it's, it's, I think the important part here is people need to have more understanding. They need to open up their mind more to understanding, really. you know what I mean? And learning what is it that before you open your mouth and tell somebody, oh, you're just going through a phase, understand what they're going through first. Yeah. You know, not their situation Not their situation. Because, again, everybody's situation is different. I I mean, I can have anxiety or depression over for the fact that my son, you know, oh, I got to figure out my son's daycare tomorrow. And you can be having depression or anxiety over like, oh, geez, you know, what time is it? What time do I need to go? You know, something very. Yeah,
0: and I could never figure out why. I always just attribute it to ADD or OCD. I used to call it like that. Mm -hmm. And just would brush it off growing up my whole life as a when I would explain myself, but now looking back at it and how I still am to this day where I obsess over things and have anxiety over things, they're really kind of minute. Mm. And it's interesting because it's like, that was always just brushed off as like, oh, you're just being neurotic or whatever. Everybody has their like labels of shit, but that's, that's kind of the thing is like, labels. And then the reason why I kind of want to go on this series of talking to other people kind of in my, not my specific situation, but having not to disjoint it, but it's just like, yeah, I know the f- life is fucking hard. Yeah. But what, what what's really been bothering me lately, and maybe it's just because we were, I'm on the internet and social media way too much, but especially with all the suicides going and happening, what really bothered me recently even before this week with the whole Demi Lovato thing but it was the week that Kate Spade and then Anthony Bourdain now I'd been a big fan of Anthony Bourdain I didn't really pay as much to Kate Sp- I knew who she was I'm not the whole fashion I don't follow fashion as much but I, I, I was aware of who she was hmm. what bothered me the most is that maybe it's just the times ran and everybody's just talking more about mental health but the shame this time around from what well, what I witnessed wasn't necessarily from those that don't understand that we usually deal with it was the people with in the community with people that have had depression or anxiety or still live with it who were like well i got over it and i didn't or or um I have depression and anxiety and I've never wanted to kill myself. And that's just a selfish and all that stuff that you would hear from the people that were outside the community. Mm. But I heard it more inside. And my feeling was with Anthony Bourdain, I don't know. I was a big fan. So I used to watch his show. Still do. Um, and he he was never once not talking about his struggle i mean he was a heroin addict for like 30 years and then got clean and even stopped kind of drinking unless he was on shooting his show but he he has a whole episode that i just watched recently went back to where he talks about where he the first time he ever took cocaine in the spot he was standing in the same spot and how weird it was and like all that shit and the heroin and and he, he always talked about being an addict and and revisiting people that also had that issue. So the day he dies, everybody's like, "Well, how fucking selfish!" And he was out. He had this. He was out shooting in Paris. He shouldn't. And it was all this like hate, but it was within the community. And I was just kind of like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Like, how have we got so warped from a point of view that even people with In the mental health, that people that are still struggling, it's still, well, I'm better than you because I'm still alive. And it's like, how do you quantify that? Like, people are like, well, why did Kate Spade do anything? She was a multi-millionaire designer, even maybe possibly a billionaire, blah, blah, blah. How could she not be happy? Because, like we said, money is not the whole thing of happiness, but it's a lot deeper than
1: that. Yeah, it could be the smallest smallest thing I'm not saying like oh she you know missed the uh, I don't really know much about you know, her you know but it could, it could it could have just been something that's just deep within again and then something that helps me with 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 my depression is being very open about it and very very blunt about it um, I can tell you my major issue with my depression is and I, I've obviously brought it a lot a lot in this conversation is loneliness. It's just that feeling of being alone. That fear of being alone. You know what I mean? And it's like even when I was with my ex, I, I, I look back on it. You reflect, you know? And you're like, and I'll and, and we would go out with friends or whatever or I would want to invite people over and she would be like, why, why do you want to invite people over? Like, why, what is it with you? And it's like, I never really stopped to really think like, that was my issue. Like, even though I was with her, even though we were hanging out, even though we were somewhere. There was just that—that that, it's like a parasite, just bugging me. You're alone. You're alone. You're alone. You're alone, and it's just a, a obviously a mental issue. That that psychologically, you're just you're your brain's telling you you're alone, but you're not. Yeah. You know?
0: and, and I had issues too, even though I I even growing up, and I knew a lot of people, and I was. I guess, social butterfly. Not necessarily class clown, but I made people laugh. I was a well-likable person. Um, and and I, at times throughout my life, I would have a best friend, but then th- that would go away. You know, every time there would be somebody new. And I could never figure out what the deal was, where I was like, why do I have a best friend and then all this? Or why do I have drama? I used to always just say, oh, this is just drama growing up. But I could never figure out why. And then, and then, even when there would be parties growing up, or whatever it was, um, I got to the point where I didn't want to hang out with certain people, because they were not, I felt like I was not, we were not, just not on the same level, so mm-hmm. it'd be better just to avoid it and move on. But then, now that I look at it, that was just a sign of me just, like, depressed about the whole situation, being like, no, it's all them. <laughs> I just wasn't taking a look at myself. I was pushing them away. It wasn't, it wasn't like, um, so anyway, but the thing is, is it's taken me, I'm now 30 and I'm still dealing with shit. So it's
1: like, it's, it's a continuous process, but I mean, I agree with you with, with what you're saying, um, with the whole shaming within the community and that's, that's just sad. I don't know. Maybe it's just.
0: the people I was following or whatever, but I just felt Ooh, like it, it, that day, it was weird being that we've been on the streak of people committing suicide in the public eye yeah. and how you're going to shame who's now dead yeah. for being dead. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, what? I mean, yeah. it was just, I couldn't wrap I was just, and it made me very angry about it. Like, yeah. And I was just like, this is... And that was the thing, is, like, I've been doing, I have my ups and downs. Like, people are like, you know, it's funny, do you ever get that thing when people ask you, like, um, how you feeling? And you're always just going, like, yeah, I'm great, or I'm fine, and you just kind of brush it off, but then, like, when people figure it out, they're like, no, really, how are you? And then yeah. you're kind of like, oh me. Somebody actually asks me how I'm feeling. Yeah,
1: nobody, nobody ever actually engages more than that. It's yeah. kind of like you gave them an answer and that was it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're they're okay and fine with that. So, Bye. So, it's uh, it, it does and that's what I mean about like going in deeper with it, not just like you know accepting a oh how are you doing oh I'm okay oh okay he's okay like that can just be. That just could be my way of like telling you go away. I don't want to talk right now. You know what I mean? And that sucks because a lot of people accept that. Like, clearly, that's literally what it is most of the time that you hear someone who you know, let's just say you know they suffer from that. And if you ask them how are you doing, they tell you, oh, it's okay. They might just be telling you go away. I don't. You know, I, yeah. you, you Can't. They feel like you. It's can't a polite
0: way of just saying. Yeah. I'm not. I'm feeling like shit, but I don't want to elaborate. And this is your you test I'm putting w- you yeah. through. And the fact that most people just go, okay, great, and move on. Or, I, It's funny. I don't know. I'm, I'm reflecting on this now that we're talking, but it's just... <laughs> I don't know how many times that people are like... And then there's other times when you're feeling like shit, but you're trying to put on the root... Ru- Not the ruse, but you're just trying to like get through the day, get through the whatever it is. People ask you, they kind of want to know, but you're just... Don't want to talk about it. There's times when I actually don't want to talk about it. There's some obviously I'm very open about it, but there's other times when you're in that state of mind, and even if it's somebody close to you, and you've explained how you feel, you feel like they're still not going to understand. So then you just kind of get frustrated. Yeah,
1: you get frustrated, and that's what it is. But again, see, so it's like what it is here is just we're we're, you know it's a cat chasing its tail. At the end of the day, is what's going on. You know, it's like maybe we feel like that because we see what's going on you know i i've i've pushed away friends i pushed away a lot of people i you know again with you know going back to what i said the the buddhism that i study um that i'm practicing um i have like three main people that help me out in within that community and they're always hey how are you doing today i had i had a a chat with him one of my good friends and he's checking up on me hey how are you doing and i told him straight i'm like dude certain situation in life is it's growing, it's going but i feel alone yeah i feel alone and he was there to remind me hey you don't have to feel alone dude reach out don't don't close yourself in because i do that when i start feeling like this when i start feeling depressed, I, I do the isolate. same thing i, isolate. I think <laughs> we
0: all do in our own way
1: exactly but that's in the, and so that's the thing see so him understanding because he had a couple situations and, and that's what you know and that's he is the perfect example of what we should be doing in society is instead of judging, you know, instead of saying, well, you know, my friend had depression, they haven't killed themselves. He didn't say that when I said I felt alone, he didn't say, Oh, well, my friend feels, al-. no, he was like, okay, this is how this person felt. This is how this person, what they did. How can I apply that to this? I have an understanding of what you're going through now, so I'm not going to judge you. That's the last thing you need to hear right now.
0: Right. Right you know, so. And, that, and I also, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's just funny how I also feel frustrated recently into kind of, I, I guess I brought it up with the whole Demi Lovato thing. She's been really open about her struggles and stuff. Yeah. and Even in the song. The song she just released is yeah. about her relapse. And, and then people are like, well, how could she overdose? It's like, Well, first of all, there's many factors that may be reason, but we don't know. We don't really know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> she's trying to. She's struggling right now to like. Uh, apparently, she's. But well, they said stable. But the point I'm trying to make is that she talked about. She's talking about her struggles and, and everybody's struggle is different. Whether it's addiction, but that's the thing. Is like what I've explained is that it's not always drugs. Yeah. You, for me, it was food f- for a while, and I'm just now I'm trying to get back healthy and be like. More clear about things and have a more clear mind, um, but the fact that people are like totally the sh- the it the internet has made it okay for people just to fucking judge without knowing any information about yeah. whatever they're judging.
1: Ignorance is bliss. The, and
0: and and but it's not though because it just makes you look like. I don't know what it is, but it's just, I don't want to like overly call people names, but it's just kind of like the the shit I see. And then when, because it's so talked about recently, I feel like it's a fad right now. And I just don't want it, the conversations to go away as soon as like it dies down. Yeah. What I mean by dies down is like, okay, there's people, because it's not just celebrities that are doing it. It's not just people that have made a lot of money. People are taking their lives every day that you don't even hear about. And the problem is, is if there wasn't these open conversations that, yeah, now the podcast realm allows, but then what's going to happen? Because I just feel like it's going to go through that cycle of not being, it's good. When people talk about the stigma, well, let's do something about the stigma. That's why I, I was like, let's talk on the podcast and stuff because... And I, and that's the other thing is like I when I announced that I want to start talking to people about mental health because I suffer from it, I realize that not everybody wants to talk about their issue, because they've been told about the stigma or they just they're suffering from the stigma or they're just not as extroverted as maybe we are about it. Yeah.
1: No, what it is is it's that we we we, not that we know what the problem is, but we have an idea of what it is, and it's it's what we're saying right now. See, that's why when you ask me. I was like, yes, please. Yeah, yeah please. I want to talk about it. You know, I want to, you know, give my two cents from my point of view, you know, from somebody who does suffer from depression and anxiety. I want the world to know that, you know what? I'm not trying. I'm not crying out for help because half the time we don't. We, we really don't. don't, you know, and, and I'm not crying out for help for attention because sometimes I don't want the attention. Like right. I said, we isolate ourselves, yeah. you know? It's more of like, be aware, be, you know, we're self-aware, you be aware of your surroundings, who you hang out with, what is going on with your friends, you know, again, with the, with with it's the cliche thing, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. Okay, cool, so did you hear, but no, like, dive into it. Like hey, I'm good. Are you really good? Like everything yeah. okay? How's work? Get in detail. You know, and break it down. Some of my friends, you know, if I get annoyed, I'm sorry, but that's why I break it down. You know, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm great. Really, like how's 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 work? Work all right? Yeah, works cool. All right, cool. No really. Know. How's how's life? How's things? You know, if if you, if they had a problem in the past, touch bases on that problem again because. That's that's the thing about friends. Sometimes it's, you know, I can tell you, oh, I had an issue with so-and-so, and we'll talk about it. Then weeks later, you can be like, hey, how are you doing? But do you ever hear, did I ever come and tell you, hey, this got resolved? Oh, by the way, this, you know, this and this happened. No. You know, so nobody ever d- goes back to double-check. There's double never check. a follow-up. And there's never a follow-up, basically.
0: And and, and um, the thought I said that to go along with that is... Um, even if whether we're in our isolation phase or we're in our extrovert we don't really want to get it out phase I feel like the internet in our society nowadays takes um, kind of that for granted They, they, they just because I feel like people want we're in a stage where we don't want to tell people our personal business because we're afraid for our safety or our health or whatever it excuse we have right now that is but at the same time people haven't figured out how to communicate root, what's bothering them without sacrificing the privacy if, if you give it i mean i yeah. feel like people don't really want to talk about it anything like when you ask how's work how's your kids or whatever a lot of people take that as offense. like why well, you want to know you yeah. know
1: um well it's, it's it's that Again, we're talking about stigmas in there, it. It's the bad thing of what the internet's doing. You know what I mean? You feel like you're going to get judged right away. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because doing Uber... I used to do Uber and Lyft full-time. And it's funny how now I put myself... And I've come to agree with, with other people. But we, I we, I think Uber and Lyft drivers or the drive-share community gets I've under... I've done it myself. Right. We get put under this the same... Um,
0: <laughs> we kind of become... Like Many the, therapists in the of sometimes. Yeah,
1: I always used to joke around. But we get put with the categories of strippers, bartenders, and yeah. barbers. Yeah. Those are the The three, service industry. Exactly. But... Those three those three jobs right there, I, from what I hear and I've had people who I give right to, people open up to strangers. And that's, I was going to go to that too, where that, t- that has helped me. Not taking my medication has helped me. The fact that I'm able to open up to strangers when they open up with me. You know what I mean? And it's because... One the time, anonymity. You're
0: not. It, gonna, you you're don't not think you're going
1: to get judged. They don't know you. You know, and you person, feel like you're never
0: going to see them again.
1: Exactly. You know, and the fact that you know, if you tell somebody, you know, somebody, ex person, told me a story about how they got drunk and and slept with the best friend or whatever. You know, they told me the story without the fear of like. What what would somebody... Oh, come on. Why would you do that to them? Or you knew they had a boyfriend. I didn't know nothing about the other person. So th- this person opened up and told me this whole story. I heard them out. And I was like... At the end of the day, I turned around. I was like, how, how do you feel about telling me that story? And she's like, you know what? I feel better. And I'm like, that's good. Thank you for opening up to me. I will never judge you. I hope you can figure it out. You know, if you want some of my advice, I can give you advice. If not, we'll leave it at that. But don't ever hold... Stuff Inside like that Like We need to learn How to open As a society We need to open up A little bit more Than we allow ourselves And I also
0: I don't know if this Happened to you As drivers too I feel like People feel that um, They can open up To people Because they're also In a situation Where they're getting A service They're being helped out In some way Whether it's a ride Or whatever it is Whether Everybody takes Uber rides Or whatever For different reasons But uh, Many many months ago I helped out, I picked up this, I was driving, and I, I helped out, I obviously was just kind of tired from driving for a while, but I ended up picking up this lady and, and her daughter and took up, excuse me, to Target or something, and then they did the whole multiple stop thing, so, yeah. but they actually did it, they did not <laughs> whatever, Um, and then they were going somewhere else, and then as we were going on the other thing, she preceded me to tell me, oh, well, her kind of mini-life story of the last year and why they ended up here. And I was almost in tears because she started to open up that she, her and her daughters or whatever, they were all refugees from the hurricanes in Houston. Mm -hmm. And her husband, her, the kid's father, something that, he died from either cancer or something. And then years later, she was, she, they, were, um... She met this guy in between the hurricane or something. Something having to do with... Um, she met this other guy. He proposed. And then it comes out. He has cancer. And he dies suddenly. And the only other family and friend... They lost everything from the hurricane in Houston. This was just recently. Yeah. And they only had friends and family out here. And they just just decided instead of going back to the original spot... They were there prior to the hurricane come here because this is the only other family that kind of had left Mm -hmm. and she was telling me the story as I was driving her to another destination and I was like almost just in hysterics listening to the story because I started to realize that I was really helping her so then I could feel myself starting to give her information like she was like well I need to find a job Um, as you can tell I've had some assistance with my friends they're helping us get clothes and stuff and um, I have this background, and I'm just now getting up. I want, and I was, so I started telling her about places to look for jobs, stuff like that. I tried to be even more helpful than I already was, giving her the ride. But the fact that she opened up about this whole story, I realized we're all struggling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that was just one instance, but it was just interesting going through that because I felt at, when I, before I picked her up, I I was starting to feel like oh, this job, I'm exhausted, blah blah blah. But I felt invigorated kinda of after that because I was like, I am helping people out. Yeah. And just the fact that I just gave her information, um, was very polite with her, didn't um brush her off, or didn't wasn't rude, wasn't judgmental, you know, the stuff that has happening every day. People don't know other people's stories. Yeah. And the fact that people on the surface are like judgmental, so then people don't wanna open up because you've already judged them. You've already been judgmental. You've, you've already written them off as humans because, but you don't really know everybody's struggle. I mean, that's, that's the thing is like, you can't quantify mental illness or disorders or whatever you want to call it as just one thing. And people that don't suffer from these, and we're kind of running long, so I'm trying to wrap up here, but, um, (laughs) We'll probably talk more. No worries. Uh, we'll have to do this again, but yeah. um, part two. Yeah,
1: because <laughs> um, it, it's an interesting subject, though. Yeah, it, it is, you know. And that's the thing, and and just really, I don't know. Maybe to help you close is what I'm what I'm hearing right now is you know, it's funny how us who we suffer from this, we are able to help these people who don't suffer from depression. But at the end of the day, people don't realize... If what society is saying... That, oh, we all have depression... Okay, maybe that was that lady having a depressed moment... The thing that society needs to learn and finish understanding... Is that... The root cause of the depression... Or whatever chemical imbalance there is... Amplifies that... Yeah. At least for me... You know what I mean? It amplifies it times a million... You know, And what do I mean by that? It's just, just like my ear may be a little bit bigger than the other side... I'm deformed, but I can also say that about a person who grew up and didn't have an arm because their arm didn't fully develop. They're deformed, too. We're both deformed, just obviously the severity of the deformation is a lot different. And it's Does accepted differently. And it's accepted differently. So, you know, you don't go and judge me because, oh, one ear's bigger than mine. You can barely see it. You know, you're not going to say nothing. But if you see somebody with a smaller arm or something, oh, you're going to, oh, my God, look at them. You know, you're either going to...
0: And announce it, or you're gonna treat them differently because, oh, well, they're they're different. Yeah. And most people that suffer from any sort of disability—whether I don't really like using the term
1: disability—right,
0: they don't want to be overly like acknowledged about what their issue is. Yeah. They just want to be told that they they can live. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. And to to focus whether somebody's blind or deaf, even the blind or deaf community, like I feel sometimes, have you ever noticed like when you, I don't know, I just feel like people, because that's been talked, people have grown up more with that notion of being blind or, or when it comes to amputees or different deformities like that, it's become more accepted so people aren't as. But I have been around people that feel like they're being judged by their, difference let's just call it difference
1: yeah
0: but we're all different
1: exactly that that was the point i'm trying to make you yeah know what i mean and 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 in and, and every way it's like you know my father would tell me you still penny steal a bank stealing is stealing at the end of the day you know but obviously the consequences for the severity of the issue is different so again you know that person that you helped out that late that lady she was going through depression it's depression. It's depressing. But how could you, you know? not
0: be in, put through that situation? Exactly. But it's funny how I had already prejudged her in my head. Didn't say anything, but I was like, "Oh, just another passenger." And then that whole thing happened to the point of being like, "No, I do it too." Like, I assume, and I don't know if it's just the way we are in society right now, where we have stereotypes for everything. But it's very like. It's eye opening sometimes when you you realize in your you're doing kind of the same things in yourself that you're frustrated with. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah,
1: definitely, definitely. Because it goes the same with like when you give people advice. I've always said it. You know, probably eighty percent of the advice that I have ever given out to anybody in my life, I can very well apply it to myself. And we tend to do that a lot. Yeah the same thing you might be complaining about somebody might be the one thing that you might have to reflect on yourself if that makes sense you know you you are we we are a reflection of each other you know at the end of the day you know i'm super you know obviously buddhism into spiritualism all that stuff we're all we're all freaking connected one way or another you know so if you complain about anything or have something to say about that person before you continue to do so, you know, those people that say, oh, I have depression. I didn't off myself. You know, the way they're talking shit about whoever has, I think it's at that moment that you need to reflect yourself and be like, well, what is that saying about myself?
0: Yeah. And they don't. But I've kind of called some people out on it. Or at least saw it and just kind of been, I haven't really said anything recently, but it's just really gotten to me. Yeah. And I was starting to be like, oh, it's because from somebody that has tried twice. Yeah. To do it, I didn't. That doesn't make me any better.
1: Because you didn't fall through with it.
0: Yeah.
1: It's almost like you're celebrating that you... you oh, I didn't you? commit yeah. to it.
0: Well, when people talk about... We'll end on this note. Uh, not that is it's a good note, but um, the whole Robin Williams thing. Mm-hmm. It's now come out years later that he was diagnosed with... Oh, not Alzheimer's, but a, not Parkinson's. Another one of those horrific... Um, brain degenerative diseases mm. and that sent him into a strict depression, for which he just killed himself right away but people didn't know he had been diagnosed with that but now we're coming out his family's explained his wife is his, his his widow has said um yeah he was diagnosed with this and he was feeling like everything that made him robin which was his comedy his his intellectual being was deteriorating, de- deteriorating and he's didn't feel like he needed to live anymore why can't we learn from this every time you know what i mean like he was as people called robin williams a genius and to me he's i know there's i love stand-up comedy and i love a lot of comics even the newer ones even the other ones but Robin Williams is actually my favorite stand up of all time even you, we get the Richard Pryors yeah um, George Carlin George Carlin The that's a whole other thing we could talk about <laughs> but Robin Williams was always my favorite because he was never there was just something about the man he was just the stand up was brilliant yeah. but I don't know but anyway to kind of end on that note we need to not like Overjudge and people are like, well, he was an alcoholic or he was the, you know, people assume just because you've had other struggles and that's why. Like, when Avicii died, that hit me hard because yeah. of being in the music. Pretty much,
1: he was a year
0: younger than me. I'm 29. So, yeah, he's... I forgot how young he was. He's 28. Well, the height of his success, he wasn't even 20 yet, I don't think. I think he was still like, I think he was like 19 when shit started blowing up. So, anyway, that's a whole nother, I've I've made my... Anyway, but um, we are still going alone. So um, we're gonna talk again because we can talk for hours, as we have. Um, but um, it was just great to talk to you about mental illness and your struggles. And I, I apologize if I was overbearing. But no,
1: not at all. Thank you for for having. Thank you for for asking me too. Like I said, I, anything to spread the word for sure.
0: Yeah, and and I, and I like. I think. We both are like, "Yay, we can talk to somebody that understands where we're coming from." That's another thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so anyway, do you have do you you're on I mean, we were talking about social media, but yeah. um, your Facebook just your your name or
1: It's uh I, I used to be a gamer once upon a time. So, <laughs> I haven't been able to change. I just kind of oh. left it. I know, right? So, um my if you want to look me up, it's it's Echo. Gonzalez Junior, I know typical long freaking Latino name, right? Um yeah, that's that's me. I'm I'm in the trans family page, I'm in the AZ Ray fam page. Um those are like the two major ones that I know for sure. Um but uh if, if you have a hard time finding me, just uh make sure to go look at I'll, a, I'll put a link up yeah in, in the description. So anyway. <laughs> I
0: well thank you for joining me for this conversation. Thank you for having me. And we'll talk soon, very soon. <laughs>